his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 208 here on Wednesday, December. Nope. What is today? It's Wednesday. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like something else? It feels like a Tuesday, I guess. It's Wednesday, December 25th, 2023. I'm Ian Hoke sitting in for Scooter on the Air. We expect him back tomorrow when we're broadcasting live from Children's Hospital. We do this every year. Every year it gets more fun and we raise more money and we get more people involved. We're going to light up the season, y'all. WWL is hosting that Radiothon for Children's Hospital New Orleans tomorrow. We'll be on there on site from 6 a.m. until 4 p.m. Tommy, Newell, and Scoot are all going to be broadcasting live from the big lobby over at Children's Hospital, Uptown New Orleans. Help us help, kids. Would you please tune in tomorrow from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. We're going to be giving you many different ways that you can make a tax-deductible donation, a charitable donation, however you want to phrase it. Help us help, kids. Children's Hospital is a gem. It's an amazing place. And you know what? Let me just tuck in a little personal story here if I can. I've had an issue with one of my eyeballs the last couple years that required a minor surgery. Nothing to write home about. Nothing serious. But it needed to be done. And there's only one surgeon in Louisiana who does that kind of surgery. And he's a pediatric ophthalmologist. Well, guess whose office I have to go to in a consultation in preparation for the surgery. I got to go see him, and he works at Children's Hospital New Orleans. So over the course of the last year, couple years, I've been in and out of Children's Hospital many times. And not because I had a child who needed medical help, but because I needed medical help. And I understand it's a very different vibe, if you will. But I've had a lot of opportunity to watch the way that the staff at Children interacts with these families and interacts with these children and you can see it in their faces that they're not afraid. I have no idea what these people are in there for. Maybe it's something, you know, very serious or maybe it's something that's a little bit less serious, but it's a happy place and it's full of incredibly competent people and it makes a huge difference to people not just in New Orleans, but people from all over the region, people from all over the greater New Orleans area come to Children's Hospital. So help us help them. Help us give back to the community in this way. We really want you to tune in tomorrow from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. We're going to give you a billion, different way, a billion different ways that you can give money and make an impact right here in your backyard. The whole thing is, of course, presented by the Ray and Jessica Brandt Family Foundation. 
Tune in tomorrow from 6 to 4 because giving feels awesome. In just a few minutes, I'm going to be talking to state uh, climatologist Barry Keim. 2023 is going to be the hottest year ever recorded with several record-breaking months. I want to ask him, what's that mean for Louisiana? The scientists that put out this report uh, fully expect that things are going to get worse before they get better. We sort of glibly joked a lot this summer. Yeah, it's the hottest summer of your life so far. And it's going to be the coldest summer of the rest of your life. And if you don't quite understand what that means, take a minute, repeat it to yourself a few times. It's okay. I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Keim, what's the plan? What's the plan for Louisiana? If it's just going to get hotter and hotter and our summers are just going to get drier and drier, we're going to have more droughts, we're going to have more fires. And at the same time, it's very likely we're going to have faster, more powerful hurricanes, more frequent hurricanes. How are we going to harden Louisiana against these forces? It's a totally different conversation to say, how are we going to turn this around? How are we going to reach net zero? How are we going to balance our economy with the need to save our environment? I mean, we can touch on that a little bit today, I guess. But the main thing that I want to talk to Mr. Kaim about is how do we protect ourselves? How do we protect our families and our businesses, our crops, our livestock, our livelihoods? So that's coming up in just a few minutes here at 3.20. I did want to circle back to the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line. There are a couple uh, messages that made their way to my desk from people smarter than me who know about pumps and turbines and things. Um, <laughs> here's a text that says, My grandmother was born in 1895. I'm sure that she watched the turbines and sewerage and waterboard build their sites among other New Orleans buildings. Yeah, that's pretty interesting to think about. What New Orleans must have been like in 1915 and seeing, whoa, the sewers and water board is putting in this gigantic, you know, state of the art, bleeding edge, electricity generating turbine so we can pump out the back of town and build out some new neighborhoods. That's pretty interesting. Here's a text that says, um, uh, wrong. The pumps can stay. I, this text is in reference to, uh, I think I got a little bit over my skis and said, replace the pumps. We don't need to replace the pumps. We just need to replace the turbines. I, I, I think that's right. The texter says, the pumps can stay. The frequency of the electric power determines the revolutions per minute of the motor. We can use modern electric motors and just gear it down to whatever RPM is required by the pumps. That makes sense to me. I'm not an electrical engineer, but I've been around long enough to kind of understand what you're talking about here, Texter. Is that is that prohibitively expensive? Is that so politically fraught that we just can't do that? Are, I don't think Hassan Corman wants to come talk to me, but I, I, I would ask him that question. His interview with Newell Norman is, of course, on our website. So you're saying what? maybe we should get one of those uh, Craig Generic generators and yeah, uh, hook get some Craig's electrical in here. Come on, turbine. when the power goes out, Craig, come on, <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Craig, help us out, man. Build a, a, a big kick-ass generator. Let's get these pumps moving. Um, I did want to point out here. Where did this article go? Reading now from Nola.com. Oh yeah, so Val Cupid said that she saw Colin Arnold, Colin Arnold, excuse me, the uh, Homeland Security Director for the City of New Orleans. Um, he gave a comment where uh, Val made it sound like he was kind of throwing the National Weather Service under the bus. Uh, I have here sort of a transcript from that conversation, again, reading from 
NOLA.com. City emergency officials didn't issue any alerts or lift parking restrictions on Friday or Saturday, as they often do before heavy rains that have repeatedly overwhelmed storm drains in recent years. Colin Arnold said in an interview on Monday that he believed the Sewage and Water Board had adequate power supply going into the weekend based on regular pumping and power status updates posted on its website. Arnold says, if I would have known about the sewage and water board's potential problem that they were going to have with the power, we would have used that in our calculus to determine whether or not we would have lifted neutral ground parking. Arnold said Tuesday, the sewage and water board had not told him in advance that the available power supply was below the peak demand threshold. The sewage and water board had not publicly disclosed the reduced capacity of, wait for it, Turbine 4 before the Tuesday report. Man, Turbine 4 sucks. Turbine 4, Elon Musk, and that dancing Darth Vader guy in the French Quarter, all drive me nuts. I got no love lost for any of them. Also on the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line. Oh, shoot, where did it go? This other one I wanted to read. Hello, Ian and Coleman. This is Charles from Ponchatoula. You may have covered this already, but the issue with the NOLA sewage and waterboard turbines is that the old pumps are designed for 25 hertz electricity. Yes, 25 hertz. While Entergy and all other USA power companies produce 60 hertz power, that's what's used everywhere. A converter is hugely expensive, not off the shelf, custom made the only real solution is the sewage and water board power plant in 2025 or the sewage and water board buy a huge machine shop and many engineers to make parts well i guess that power plant is certainly coming down the pike but it's still man i just can't believe that it's so difficult to manufacture one piece of equipment this converter that can knock us down from 60 hertz to 25 hertz yeah you probably got to use a machine shop yeah you got to kind of build it from scratch well that's what we did the first time in 1915 isn't it they didn't have a turbine factory in 1915 they weren't coming off like model t's or something we had to make that isn't it amazing how it seems like it's so difficult to make technology nowadays, but when you look back, you think about how long it took to build a skyscraper, how long it took to build a bridge, or how we went to the moon. How we I that? mean, right now we can make uh, vegetables taste like meat. And you mean to tell me we can't just get a custom-made part for this turbine? I got more computing power in my toaster than they had available to them at the time of the moon landing. But when they pulled that off, in 1915, they built Turbine 4. They probably were thinking, <laughs> they're not going to be using this 108 years from now. Well, joke's on you guys. Yeah, maybe there's maybe we're not smart enough to understand the logistics involved, and it's more than you and I can comprehend. I'm probably. Bit, but we put a man on the moon. That's so likely, I mean. yes. Let's, let's be clear. Coleman and I are radio dudes, not electrical engineers. So, you know, we're all here to do what we're all here to do. Let's go to Daniel and Metairie on the Okinawa Jewelers talking text line. Daniel, you're on the air. Good afternoon. Hey, hey, good afternoon. Uh, one of my clients uh, was a Corps of Engineers project manager after Katrina, mm -hmm. helping the city get back on its feet and building all the floodies and stuff. And she told me that the government gave them hundreds of millions of dollars 
to fix their system. And when they did that, they went to the city. They, the city told them, the Corps of Engineers, we can't afford to maintain that. But you know what? I think we found the money. It's in uh, either Qatar or Africa, wherever the mayor goes. So <laughs> the city has the money. Man. The city has the money. They just don't want to do it. I think the city's got a lot of money floating around that they either don't want to give away or they also kind of don't know where it is. I get that sense, Daniel. Maybe I'm a little bit too cynical in that uh, regard, but, yeah, I'm sure you're right. We all know what this is. Louisiana, New Orleans, you throw money at stuff, some of that money goes away. And it's hard to account for that. And that's why we finally, finally after Katrina, got ourselves an inspector general whose entire job, their entire office is purpose of being is to track waste fraud and abuse i'd be very curious to hear what the ig has to say about what daniel just brought up we'll step away here and we're going to come back with louisiana state climatologist barry kime you're going to want to stick around for this one there might be some things that you can do to harden your business harden your home harden your farm your garden your orchard Whatever you guys got out there, I don't know. This is going to be an interesting and important conversation, and I'm looking forward to having it as soon as we step away and take care of a little bit of business. Give me a call. Give me a text, 504-260-1870. I'm Ian Hoke, and for Scoot, he'll be back tomorrow. But until then, I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. hi And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nelly, 2002. All right, all right, all right. We're being a little bit silly about it there. Thank you, Nelly, for your contribution to today's program. But it's not, uh, it's not really funny. It's not really a laughing matter. Reading now from CBSNews.com. After months of expectation, it's official. 2023 will be the hottest year ever recorded. The European Union's Copernicus Climate Change Service announced that milestone after analyzing data that showed the world saw its warmest ever November. Last month was roughly 1.75 degrees Celsius warmer than the pre-industrial average with an average surface air temperature of 14.22 degrees Celsius, which is about 58 degrees Fahrenheit, for those of you counting along at home. 
Copernicus says that from January to November 2023, global average temperatures were the highest on record. 2023 now had six record-breaking months and two record-breaking seasons. The extraordinary global November temperatures, including two days warmer than two degrees Celsius above pre-industrial, mean that 2023 is the warmest year in recorded history. Joining me on the line right now to help kind of unpack this is Louisiana State climatologist Barry Kime. Mr. Kime, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Good Absolutely. to be here. And uh, good to have you. You know, you and I have never spoken before. I wonder, is it uh, Mr. Kime, Dr. Kime, climatologist Kime? What's the right way to address you? I, I answer to most anything, but I am I am a doctor. So you can t- I mean, you don't have to call me Dr. Kime, mind you. I'm Barry, okay? Okay, Barry. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much. Um, this article uh, uh, from CBS in the, in the Copernicus Climate Change Service says that 2023 is the hottest year ever recorded, blah, blah, blah. Can you just in your own way, provide an overview of how these global temperature trends that I just mentioned, how do those impact Louisiana specifically? Well, you know, just because the globe is uh, warmer than normal uh, and and record-breaking this year, apparently, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be record-breaking here in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. But just so happens, we are. Uh, We are coinciding with, uh, with you know, the global temperature patterns and trends and, you know, everything that, that uh, all the data we are looking at uh, basically is pointing toward us having the warmest year on record. Now, I mean, it's interesting that Copernicus is claiming we actually have already had the warmest year on record and it's not over with yet. Right. Uh, I mean, we're, we're headed in that direction, clearly. But uh, but the year's not over. So, you know, we, we won't have the final tabulation, obviously, until you know sometime early in January. But having said all that, I mean, so far... June was the warmest June we've ever had on record. And our record keeping goes back to 1880, just so you know. We had the warmest June on record. We've had the warmest July on record. Warmest August, September, October, and now November have all been the warmest on record. And by the way, all this coincides with the beginning of El Nino. So this has El Nino's fingerprints all over it. So it's not only El Nino. We've had many El Ninos in the past, okay? But it's El Nino combined with the climate change we've been experiencing has just kind of tipped the scales, and we're at record-breaking temperatures. And by the way, um, uh, July was the warmest month we've ever had for any year, any month uh, on record. So it, it's been an extraordinary year so far, clearly, clearly, you know, needless to say. And then, of course, it's been crazy here in Louisiana as well. And then, you know, Baton Rouge and New Orleans has been just obscene. I mean, I call it the summer from hell. I mean, this was a rough, rough summer for us even here. Yeah. And we're and we're accustomed to heat down here. I wanted to ask you about that. It's not it's not just the uh, the heat, the, you know, the, the mercurial temperature, but the uh, the drought. We also suffered a, a terrible record breaking drought this year. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, heat and drought kind of go hand in hand, sure. uh, especially when it occurs in the summer. And essentially what we had, uh, you know, starting starting around June and July, we had this big dome of high pressure that basically just kind of parked over eastern Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. And and, and essentially what that did was it, it created a stable atmosphere where we couldn't produce any clouds or get any rainfall. I mean, we had a little bit here and there, obviously, but it was way more stable than it is you know, during a normal summer. And by virtue of that, we just baked and baked under the hot sun and ex- experienced temperatures here that were that were absolutely, you know, obscene. And again, where it it was not only uh, record breaking, but it was absurdly record breaking. And just to give you a couple of examples, 
You know, New Orleans hardly ever reaches 100 degrees. I think you pretty much know that. there's too much water around, and, and and the humidity is really high. And when the temperatures get that high, you usually you know get some get some what we call rising thermals. They produce clouds, and eventually you get a thunderstorm. Well, this past year, uh, this this high pressure just baked us, and, and it prevented those clouds from forming. Since 1946, to give you an example, we've only hit 100 degrees or greater 37 times total, okay, since 1946. Wow. 17 of that 37 occurred in 2023. So think about that for a second. So you say 17 out of 37 were this year? That's correct. And the previous high, record high year, was five in 1980. And most years don't get any, okay? And then up here in Baton Rouge, it was even worse. I mean, the record high that we've ever had was seven 100-degree days in a, in a summer, and we had 32 this year. I mean, it's just been absolutely crazy. And, of course, you know, with that comes a lack of rainfall. And, uh, I mean, New Orleans is only at about half of normal rainfall for the entire year. And, you know, the summer, I would imagine, comes in even lower than that. And, um, and you know, we've been the epicenter for drought for the entire country for, for the last several weeks. So it's been pretty ugly, I can tell you. Wow. Oh God! I I wrote down that uh, stat. I'll you know, continue to refer to that. That's uh, it's mind blowing. Um, so uh, I wanted to say, you know, uh, Barry, you did. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, we see the global temperature trends, and we see uh, a similar trend in Louisiana. But that doesn't mean that our 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 situation is exactly the same, right? A correlation is not causality. There may be increasing global temperature averages, but that may happen at the same time as sort of regular variations in, in smaller regions, Louisiana and around the world. Not every single corner of the planet is going to raise its, you know, average temperature at the same rate from, from pole to pole, right? Yeah, that, that, that's precisely correct. In fact, you know, if you look at, if you look at the, the temperature trends, say, for the last 100 years across the globe, uh, most of the globe has warmed. Interestingly, though, the southeastern United States has been relatively stable. I mean, it was really hot back in the teens and 20s and 1930s. And it kind of started to turn cool in the, in the late 50s, 60s, and 70s, and early 1980s. And then it started getting hot again. And overall, it's a pretty flat pattern when you, when you look at it from the perspective of, of the entire 100 years. And, in fact, for Louisiana, I mean, we're probably going to have the hottest year on record. But we're going to be breaking the record from 1921. That was the warmest year on record prior to this year, and and the and the record before that was 1911. So that was that's the second warmest uh, year we have on record. So um, I, you know we have not been uh, that hot here in, in the southeastern United States. In fact, they refer to the southeastern U.S. as uh, as the warming hole. It's a hole in the warming <laughs> because the whole rest of the globe essentially has has you know experienced this you know dr- pretty dramatic warming trend over the last hundred years, but the southeast had, had really has not. Although this year certainly has been pretty damn hot across the southeast. Barry, let's talk about Louisiana's agricultural sector. We're a pretty significant agricultural state. How is the extreme temperature, uh, changing climate conditions, going to affect our crops, our livestock, and the overall agricultural landscape in the state? Well, it's been a rough year, needless to say. And, I mean, the heat certainly plays some role, but really the lack of rainfall is, you know, rain, rain is kind of the, was the limiting factor, I would argue. And the temperatures maybe not so much, although there, there probably are some crops that do reach their, their lethal temperature, you know, 
and and there may have been some of that this this past uh, season, but uh, but but rainfall I would argue was was the big problem. And I mean I've had farmers and and um, you know uh, folks in the in the cattle ranching world. I mean they, they were very unhappy with the way the summer was playing out. I mean they had their their animals were dying. Their you know the crop yields were down, and it was it was a rough year all across the board across this you know like I said East Texas most of Louisiana and a big chunk of Mississippi. We were, we were really at the epicenter of, uh, of the worst of it. And I would argue that, you know, this, this whole summer and early fall uh, really has there's three things that I would attribute this to. And it probably has El Nino's fingerprints on it. Although, we've, again, we've had other El Nino's that didn't quite play out this way. But I would argue that, that El Nino had its fingerprints on it. Climate change, you know, global warming is also part of it. And then just natural variability, Mother Nature, and all three of these things came together just to produce the the worst possible summer that you could ever believe across this particular region. And you know, I'm an avid runner, and I can tell you, you know, some of those days were, I mean, just absolutely brutal trying to get out there and and uh, and run in that stuff with you know heat index values you know up around 115 and things like that. It, it was a it was a really rough summer for for almost everybody. <sighs> Barry, I have a lot of ground I want to cover with you here. Uh, just at the top of the pile on the text line, there's a comment here. We always hear something like this anytime we're discussing climate change, even in like a sort of, you know, very 10-foot pole kind of way. The text says, yeah, just remember, we were forecast to have another ice age by the weather nuts. Oh, well, for that. And now we get this from them. How, how do people in your field respond to arguments about how we were talking about global cooling 50 years ago? And so that's that, and they bring that up as a suggestion that climate experts shouldn't be listened to now. What's your response? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, all that stuff is is always out there. Um, that that is true. I mean, back in the the uh, late 1970s, we had a couple of brutally cold winters in a row, and um, and there were there were some scientists, some some notable scientists, were were at least maybe suggesting we were moving into the next ice age. Um, I think their, you know, their opinions were, were in the minority, but they were they were still prevalent. And uh, and you know, back then, I mean, we, we didn't really know a whole lot about global warming, and people weren't talking very much about it. And, uh, yeah. and that was the general general thinking. But since then, since then, of course, you know, temperatures have just been going through the roof. And I got to admit, I even remained skeptical, probably through the mid to late '90s, and maybe even into the early 2000s. Kind of like, well, these temperatures could turn around, flatten out, and turn down at any time. Well, you know what? They haven't. And uh, it just seems to get seems to be getting progressively warmer. And I tell you that, you know, this past summer here was was unlike anything I'd ever seen. And to be honest with you, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned, you know, all these hundred degree days and, and the, you know, crazy things that happened. If somebody had told me that that was going to happen going into the summer, I would have said no way that would that, that would be physically impossible to have. Uh, you know, 1700 degree days in New Orleans and, and you know, 32 of them here in Baton Rouge. Uh, but it happened. Uh, now, is that, is that climate change? I don't know. It certainly was a was a hell of a summer, and it certainly fits the overall you know trend and pattern. Sure. That uh, you know that, that that's the direction we're aimed in right now. I want to go back real quickly to the agricultural sector. What in, and I know this is not exactly your bailiwick, but if you want to take a stab at it, I, I'd be grateful. What what advice would you give to cattle farmers, people who have to take care of? cows and, and chickens and, and pigs and llamas and the such. I mean, the, the challenges that they've faced this summer are unlikely to be absent next summer or the summer after that 
or the 20, 30, 40 summers after that? I mean, what, what, what can we tell those people? Well, I mean, I think on the upside, I, it's unlikely. Now, granted, look, we just, we just experienced the worst summer ever. Could that happen again next year? Absolutely. Is it likely to happen next year? No. Um, I mean, when you reach those kinds of record-breaking temperatures, the chances of having it again, you know, right, right back to back is very, very, very small. So I think, you know, at least we have that to look forward to. And at least in, in the in the agricultural sector, I mean, they can try and, and develop you know, strains of plants that, that are more drought resistant and things like that. I guess in the cattle world, I mean, there, there probably is some of that kind of stuff going on, but I would imagine it's a lot harder. And uh, I mean, you still you got to you got to feed your animals, and if the grass isn't growing, uh, there's, there's a serious problem. And if your ponds are drying up, uh, I mean, you, you obviously have a water problem. You can't even water your cattle under those circumstances. So, uh, but I think that you know the silver lining is that uh, you know it's over. This this season is over. We're still in a drought, mind you, even right. even with the recent rains. But um, you know the chances of us still being in, in, in experiencing drought like this going into next year, I think, are, are relatively small. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but it, you know, I, 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 it can't be as bad as this year. It, it just can't. Barry, I have so much else I want to ask you about. Is it okay if we keep you for about another nine minutes? Absolutely. Awesome. Let's step away, Coleman, real quick. Thank you so much, Barry, and we'll take care of some biz and come back with. Uh, some more of these questions I want to ask him about, uh, you know, balancing economic development with environmental conservation, average sea surface temperatures, you know, the transition from fossil fuels to renewable energy, that and much more. Plus some of your uh, comments, questions and feedback on the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line. If you got anything you want to uh, get me to ask Barry, our Louisiana State climatologist, Barry Kime, shoot me a text right now, 504-260-1870. I'll see if I can sneak it in. Ian Hoken for Scoot. Be right back. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 246 on WWL Radio. My guest is Louisiana State climatologist Barry Kime. Barry, on the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line, somebody is asking... Is there a database that the public can view the temperature history? What resources would you recommend, sir? Well, a very good one, easy to use, is something put out by the National Centers for Environmental Information. 
and it's called Climate at a Glance. So if you just Google Climate at a Glance, it'll bring you right to the webpage, and you can bring up all kinds of information, time series, you know, for for a for a parish or a county. You can do it for a state, cool. a location, for the nation, or for the whole globe. That's awesome. So in fact, I yeah. So I queried that at length, uh, you know, before I got on this call, just to get a few you know statistics in front of me. Nice. And uh, I would say that's probably the single easiest one. And then if you want to like drive down on some. Uh, like extreme of extreme events because they don't really talk much about extremes or number of you know exceedances over 100 degrees and things like that. Then I went to a, a special website called SC. That's for State Climatologist. SC space ACIS A C I S, and uh, that so SC ACIS. If you just Google that, it'll it, you can pull up that website. And you can query all kind of things on there. Uh, you know, if you want to know how many days you've exceeded 100 or or uh, any threshold you want to put in there. You know, how many free. Oh, dear. Barry. Oh, oh, what? That was oh. having a huge impact. On Barry, I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt, man. Something happened to your signal. We, we missed part of that. Go back a little bit. Oh, we, yeah. We, we had just finished that. talking about uh, ACIS. So, so, yeah, ACES will enable you to uh, analyze extreme events. If you want to know how many days you've exceeded the 100 degrees or if your minimum temperatures are going up, which they are, by the way. Uh, and we're also getting fewer freezes across uh, Louisiana and the Gulf Coast. And that's having a huge impact on, on the ecology of our region. So there's a lot of things you can query there. And uh, if you're, you know, there's a lot of weather nerds out there. I mean, I'm obviously one of those. <laughs> and uh, I say that affectionately. Uh, it, it's a site you can just you can spend hours just playing around and, and looking at climate from all sorts of different angles. Uh, here's another text that says, "Please ask your guests how good is the farmer's almanac? Is that mostly correct?" <laughs> uh, that is not correct at all. Oh no! <laughs> I, mean, I hate to say it's a, I hate to say it's a joke, but it, you know, if you wanted to learn, if you want to, if you want to get some insight on long range forecasting. Uh, Google long lead forecasts. Go to the Climate Prediction Center and see what they're you know what they're saying about how the climate's going to change. I mean, the, the farm with almanac is something. It's fun to play with. It's a it's sure. a think of it as a toy. It uh, it's not telling you anything based in reality. Uh, a couple more quick ones. I, oh God, I'm getting so many great questions here. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to try to get as many as I can. And then I have one more thing I want to ask you, Barry. Uh, please ask your guest about trees. What kind of trees to plant to increase our tree canopy? Shade is cooling. Wow. Um, well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a tree guy, so I'm, I'm probably not the best person to ask that to. That's okay. Um, we, we have a tree guy on staff. Maybe we'll talk to him, but I'm just curious what your top-line reaction is. Well, I mean, you know, oak trees are fantastic. Um, they, they, Of course, they get blown down. Their root systems are, are pretty shallow. They, they kind of come down in some of the hurricanes. But, I mean, go walk around LSU's campus and see all those beautiful oaks. And, you know, many of those things are, you know, almost 100 years old now. They were planted when LSU first came into inception. But, uh, I mean, just any tree. You know, and, and, and another thing that people underestimate is the tree canopy that we have. And, you know, Baton Rouge, it's unbelievable. I mean, I've gone up in a hot air balloon, and, you, and the amount of tree cover here, mm-hmm. even though we're in urban areas, is unbelievable. And New Orleans is not bad either. And there are, there are indices for that right. that suggest that we are highly tree cities. Great. Uh, okay, uh, let's. Uh, I'll leave you with this, sir. Um, for as long as we have had an economy to develop, Louisiana has been faced with the challenge of balancing economic development with environmental conservation. 
in your office's view, how does the state navigate these interests, which are often at odds, they're often competing, in order to promote more sustainable practices in the face of climate change? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great question because, you know, we're an oil and gas state. Uh, and we're also probably the most highly vulnerable state in the nation to climate change. So you put those two together, and it, it's, a, it's a quagmire, to, to say the least. Um, I mean, look how much environmental change has taken place on our coastline. I mean, there are a lot of things going on there. Part of that is an artifact of climate change. We know climate's getting warmer. Sea surface temperatures are getting hotter. There's thermal expansion. We have melting glaciers. Sea level rise is definitely happening globally. Problem in Louisiana is the land is also sinking. So we have sinking land, which makes us you know, pretty unique uh, relative to many other states across the nation. We have sinking land, sea levels going up. You put the two together and you have something called relative sea level rise. And the relative sea level rise is as bad here as it is anywhere in the world. So we have a serious problem on our hands. So and it is climate related. But it's also, you know, we have these damn nutrients chewing our swamps. We have oil and gas, you know, cutting up these uh, canals and it's, you know, exacerbating erosion. And we have a lot of things working against us here. Well, next time we have you on, we'll try to highlight some of the more cheerful, uh, successful, positive thinking uh, projects in that regard. But we have to pause here for today. Barry, I've so enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you for your time, your work and your way. Have a great week. You got it. My pleasure. Take care. Have a good one. We'll do it again. The websites that Barry listed off there, uh, a lot of acronyms there, so it it may have uh, been difficult to understand or hear, but I've got them written down here. Uh, The first is NCEI, Climate at a Glance. So you can always just Google Climate at a Glance. Uh, That's going to be the National Centers for Environmental Information. Uh, The second was the uh, SCACIS, the Applied Climate Information System. I've got both of those websites open on my computer here. If you're interested and you want to jump in and poke around here and take a look, uh, shoot me a text and said, hey, give me the links and I'll text these right back to you. And you can just look at it on your phone without having to Google it. We'll step away and come back in just a moment. And at 320, we're going to be talking about Taylor Swift who's Time Magazine's 2023 Person of the Year. I think this is cool. I think this is good for young women across the globe. We'll hear more about why in the next hour. Stick around. I'm Ian at home for Scoot. Be right back on the Okanard Jewelers Talking Text Line. Uh, somebody texted in and said, Oh, boy, Taylor Swift. I'm gone. Have a good day. No, 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 no. Stick around. This, this segment is for, is for you. This is going to be cool. This is going to be interesting. Taylor Swift is Time Magazine's 2023 Person of the Year, and I know that maybe you think that Taylor Swift isn't cool because you have an idea that she's just some interchangeable blonde pop star, and all you know is what you see from her on on TV, and you don't know anything about her music, and you don't know anything about her business, and you don't know anything about what she means to young girls and women in this country. I'm going to educate you on that. So if you think you know what Taylor Swift is and you don't like what you see, I dare you to stick around because we're going to change your mind. Hey, did you see this? Endymion 2024 route to include St. Charles Avenue and Gallier Hall. Huh. That's at WWL.com. I'll read a little bit more of that article when we get back after the news with Chris Miller. I'm pleased to see that. Endymion 2024 route. Going to shift around a little bit. That's cool. 
Also, Chris Christie's niece charged in a dust-up at Louis Armstrong International Airport. I'll tell you what happened to her after the news with Chris Miller and after we get caught up on traffic with Dave Brandon. Anything you want to talk about today, shoot me a text right now, 504-260-1870, and I got time to take a couple phone calls before I start talking to Julia Deloise at 320. Get in on the action. We're having a good time. Ian Hoken for Scoot. Be right back. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.